Welcome to the Church Interpreting Podcast. I'm Jonathan Diney. And I'm Lauren Alvisu. And on the show today... Hold on, we are interrupting our regular Church Interpreting Podcast programming to bring you the EST Congress Special. Yes, Lauren and I both had the pleasure of being at the Congress of the European Society for Translation Studies, where there was a special panel on church interpreting. I could only be there for one day, so Lauren did her excellent roving reporter, and she has given us three fantastic interviews and her own impressions. Enjoy listening. Welcome to this special episode of the Church Interpreting Podcast. My name is Lauren Alvisu. Now, when Jonathan invited me to the EST Congress 2022 on Advancing Translation Studies last year, I didn't think I'd be facing my walking amongst the giants moment, but I did. Because I was beyond excited to go to the panel on interpreting in religious contexts, and then I got there, and everything felt huge and foreign. And here were all these researchers and professional interpreters and people who had way more experience than I did engaging in conversations and talking about things I didn't understand. It was overwhelming. But I really liked that feeling. I really liked getting little explanations, trying to get my foot soaked in all these little pieces of knowledge about what we can do in our field and how it can grow. So I had a really fun time. I really enjoyed the connections I made. And I was able to engage in conversations and learn a lot of things that I will take into my personal life as a church interpreter and into my work life as an interpreter in general. But again, the most exciting thing about the whole conference was still the panel on religious interpreting. I think it made us have a conversation that I wasn't having. We got to hear about interpreters in the Holy See and their experience with liturgy and interpreting big chunks of Bibles. And did you know that under the canon law, interpreters are bound by the seal of confession because they can be used during a confession? I didn't know that, and I found it absolutely mind-blowing, and it's really good to know. It's information that we should have, right? With all of this in mind and all these conversations flowing in and out and the amazing discussion that we had, talking about how church interpreting works, whether we need the view of somebody outside or just believers and all these other things, Jonathan said something interesting. He called us to have arguments within our field, And then he gave me the tasks of going around and interviewing people at the Congress. So I wanted to be a pioneer, start employing everything that I had learned and having debates around Congress. And I did that. I went and I spoke with people. I had the liberty of putting kingdom interpreters under my name tag. And I had to explain what I was doing and and engage in a little bit of a conversation as to what is church interpreting? How do I do it? where Where does it take us? But also, I decided that it was good for us to interview people with different points of views. So as you're listening to the interviews that we have prepared for you, I hope you keep that in mind, that this is an effort for us to engage in a conversation that pushes us to really love 
one another, but also know a little bit more and understand a little bit more about what it is that we do as interpreters in the church. And for starters, I wanted us to start off with a little breath of fresh air because we focused a lot on this podcast on how to become better interpreters, the theory behind interpreting in church and when it first started, how do I deal with people that don't want to speak to me? But what about speaking with people that do want to talk with you, people that cherish your role? That's the first person I got to talk to during the ESD Congress. Teresa Parrish is a pastor who works with interpreters all the time, and she'll share with us a little bit of her insight on what it's been like working with interpreters. We're here at the ESD Conference doing little interviews with people, and so I'll be interviewing Teresa Parrish right now, and I'd like for her to tell us a little bit of who she is and what she does. Hi, Lauren. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, uh, so I'm a pastor currently uh, in San Francisco, uh, and I also have my own ministry, Kite Ministry. Uh, from my voice, you might be able to tell I'm originally from Australia. Uh, so I'm a bit of a global traveler, and so that's uh, on my heart is to minister to the church globally. And so uh, the reason I'm on this podcast is I did my PhD on preaching with an interpreter. And uh, from a perspective of someone who doesn't interpret, uh, I'm the mono lingual speaker that has to rely on interpreters and so my passion is to be able to speak clearly to people to be able to communicate God's word in a way that engages them and I love to share that space with interpreters that's awesome and so in your experience uh, interpreting or like working with an interpreter what would you say has been the biggest challenge with it Mm. yeah I I mean, obviously, the the language barrier would be one. Uh, But I think for me, it's about uh, crossing those cultural divides in different ways that we communicate. So in in an Australian context, uh, we very much are a manuscript base. We we write our sermons out or or our talks out and we get up and we deliver it very pre-prepared. And then in my experiences using an interpreter has been in other countries, uh, they tend to be a lot more free-flowing and uh, expecting inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And so learning how to adapt and and being flexible, being flexible with the, the kinds of illustrations you use, the kind of examples, realizing that your uh, culture and what you're used to, what you see as normal, doesn't always translate. And being willing to have those conversations before you begin speaking to find out, hey, I was going to uh, mention using a, a vending machine in my sermon. Uh, do you have vending machines here? Or what would be a better analogy? What would be a better illustration? So, yeah. And then I think one question I feel is very important is what do you think the Holy Spirit's place is in that interpreting relationship? Oh, central. Absolutely central. Uh, The Holy Spirit is the ultimate interpreter. And so uh, in in prayerful preparation, the Holy Spirit should be there as you're doing your study, your diligence, your your spiritual preparation uh, for the, the speaking event, the preaching event. 
and then also in the event uh, you're praying that the Holy Spirit will uh, communicate your words to the interpreter and that the interpreter will communicate that to the congregation so even when it's uh, the same language to the same language we know that uh, often uh, that people will say oh great sermon I loved when you said this this or this and you're like I don't remember saying that but you know that the Holy Spirit was doing it was doing the work and they heard what they needed to hear and how much more so when you have that uh, co-preacher with an interpreter. So uh, I I think the Holy Spirit's role is absolutely crucial. And I think it's really important uh, to include the interpreter in that that spiritual process. Pray together beforehand. Share your heart. Share what it is you're trying to communicate ahead of time uh, so that they can be part of it as well. And most interpreters I know are are spirit-filled. They're often leaders in their own right. uh, So they can be praying for you as well. And it's this beautiful relationship. Beautiful. And then I like to ask this question to everybody, but do you have any advice for both interpreters and people using interpreters as well? Absolutely. (laughs) So number one would be humility. Um, I think sometimes in the context that I'm speaking of, when we're going to a different culture, a different country, we often think that we're the great guest speaker. Uh, But the interpreters that we're working with, as I say, they they are often leaders and pastors in their own right. And uh, they they know their Bible. They know their theology. And so to to be humble that that, uh, they, they are doing a lot. And the other thing is that without them you wouldn't be able to convey anything you're just up there people are looking at you your words are coming out of your mouth but they can't understand you so so just have that humility that without the interpreter communication wouldn't be possible and then other pieces of advice would be slow down (laughs) slow down Uh, you may not think you have an accent but we all do Uh, So just be very aware that uh, you may have to try and soften your accent, enunciate your words more clearly, and your expressions, things that we take for granted, uh, just ways of saying things, idioms, often are not translatable or they don't make sense uh, if they are translated. So, So just try and simplify your language. Don't dumb down your language but make it clear and communicable and um, that just helps the interpreter and it helps get the message across that's what we're there for is to to share the love of god and the word of god clearly and easily thank you so much for your time and here's our interview with alexandra adler Hello, we're here right now sitting with Alexandra Adler to talk a little bit about her perception of church interpreting. But first of all, Alexandra, what is it that you do? What is your work on? Hi. Uh, yes, I am a dialogue interpreter or community interpreter myself, and I'm doing research on uh, dialogue interpreting and cognition, which means that I am looking at how uh, interpreting and in, in how interpreting influences brains of interpreters uh, basically uh, yeah. <laughs> that's really interesting actually um, but then what do you know about faith-based interpreting well I have not really uh, I haven't really read anything on it but I have some experience uh, not as an interpreter but as a listener um, so I've been uh, I've been a few times to a temple to a synagogue where the, there was faith interpreting. Um, yeah, 
uh, I found it, I mean, it's amazing, really, because that's what interpreting is about, about getting the message across. Uh, and it was really touching to see how everyone in the synagogue could take part in what the rabbi was saying. The rabbi was speaking English and uh, the interpretation was into Polish. So uh, even if not everyone understood English, they did understand what the rabbi was trying to convey. That was uh, amazing. That's really cool. And then what do you think, if a non-believer were to interpret something that's faith-based, do you think they would be able to do a good job at it or if they would be able to do it successfully? That is a very difficult question, uh, because according to the ethical principles of community interpreting especially, you are supposed to be neutral and impartial. So theoretically, even as a non-believer, you should be able to convey the message that someone is trying to uh, get across. Um, but I, I don't know really if uh, not being a believer would make you a good church interpreter? That is a very difficult question. I have no answer. <laughs> That's fine. It, there's very different um, perceptions as to whether it is good or is it, if it's bad. Some people take it to be like, oh, there is this interference of like, it's not just interpreter-speaker, but it's interpreter-speaker and God. And then they have that different perspective of like, I need to be a believer in order to do this. So that's why I was asking just to get that. Yeah, I get that. Uh, I, can, I can understand that sentiment. Um, but I guess I am, because I am an interpreter myself, I have a hard time placing myself outside of that role and as a believer uh, only. Um, but yeah, uh, I can get that and I respect that. Okay. Well, thank you so much for your time and for your answers. I hope thank you have you. a great time at the Congress. Thank you so much. Have you ever wondered what it would be like to come across church interpreting and church interpreting research for the very first time? Well, now you're about to find out with Lauren's interview with Danielle Josephy. We're walking out of the conference now and we're interviewing Daniel. Daniel, could you tell me a little bit more about what it is it, what is it that you do for work? So I work at Universidad Nacional de Costa Rica. I basically teach English, translation, and interpreting. Okay. Do you have any knowledge of faith-based interpreting or religious interpreting? No, not really, not, not at all. I know it happens, but not much besides that. So where exactly do you think this kind of interpreting happens? After talking to you throughout the conference, I can more or less guess, understand or assume that it happens in faith-based contexts, mm -hmm. not necessarily in a church or synagogue or, you know, the like. Um, but I guess somewhere where faith is involved in some way or another like if there's a so to say there's a transfer of faith if you want to use a more or less a translation equivalent or metaphor okay yeah that's a good way of explaining it okay um and so part of the interpreting that happens in faith-based interpreting or something that happens in a religious setting is that it will mostly happen with volunteers. Right. So what do you think 
should be something expected out of the volunteers that will start doing this kind of interpreting? Um, I guess that they should know both languages, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, if they're interpreting into English, they should know English, uh, Spanish, you know, they, they need to know at least like both of the languages, but also like the, I guess the, the religion that they're interpreting for, right? If they're Muslim, it'd be kind of weird if, if they go to an Anglican church or a Catholic setting, right? So I guess that's like two requirements in a way. I'm not sure. I guess you could you could have an atheist interpreting uh, in a church, right? Like, uh, if someone offered me a job uh, to interpret uh, in a Catholic setting, right? I'm not Catholic. I'm very much an atheist. Um, but if some, someone offered me to go to a synagogue and in, in, inter, do some interpretation or... Uh, like, I'm an atheist Jew, just to be clear. It's very confusing at times. Um, <laughs> And then, like, if someone asked me to do the interpretation, I could do it, right? Because I know mm -hmm. the languages, and I was raised Catholic, and I know some of the Jewish stuff as well. Yeah. Okay. So you think, even as an atheist, you would be able to do it, but would you be completely comfortable in rendering an accurate interpretation? I'd be comfortable, yeah. I mean, the, the whole point of interpreting mm -hmm. is to render it as accurately as possible, right? It, it's never 100% accurate, right? Because you, in a way, you have to summarize the idea, right? You never go word by word. When you're interpreting, you go you summarize the ideas and you transfer that into another language. But I'd be okay with that, right? Like, if I'm going to complain about religious stuff, yeah. I won't, I'm not going to do it uh, while doing interpreting in a religious setting, right? It'll be unprofessional. <laughs> Perfect. I understand that. And then I wanted to ask you just a final question. Um, what question would you have for somebody doing research on church interpreting? I honestly have no idea because this is completely new to me, right? Um, like, I'm so ignorant on the topic. I cannot even... I can't even think of a question, right? But it's super interesting, and I would love to go to more, uh, let's say, uh, conferences related to uh, translation or interpreting conferences related to uh, religious aspects, like Bible translation, and of course, the, as you mentioned, in interpreting. So, but uh, maybe I can think of something like what are the most commonly interpreted languages what are the usual settings for this okay. what are the usual requirements that that will be my questions because i don't know the answer so that's what i'm thinking like top of my head right now <laughs> perfect um and then we will have answers for that but thank you so much for Cheers. your questions and your answers to these questions yeah my pleasure Thank you very much for listening to the Church Interpreting Podcast and our special from the EST Congress. Next month we're back to our regularly scheduled programming, including the next part of our interview with theologian Harvey Quayani. See you then.